Leviathan Haunt. Yo y'all and howdy. Welcome to my podcast. I'm the host, Shaibaku of the Dead. And every single audio log, I'll be talking about anything and everything that comes to my mind and is of interest to me. So please, share amongst your friends and support me. A really good way to support me is by listening to these audio logs on either Audius or Odyssey. The link to those and all my social medias are in the dot card link in the show notes. So sit tight and enjoy the show. Howdy and welcome to Audiolog 3 of Leviathan Hunt. You know, I'm just glad I'm back again. It's been a little while since I've uh, made a new recording and I just want to update y'all on what's going on uh, since the last audio log. So I didn't mention in the last audio log that I was planning to watch an old cartoon called Felix the Cat. Uh, after watching the first episode, I decided to just not continue. I didn't even finish the first episode. The first episode I was able to watch was actually in black and white and it was a silent film, which was, it was very interesting, but at the same time, it wasn't catching my attention enough. So I decided to switch it up and instead watch Batman the Animated Series. Uh, It was released back in the 90s. I do remember this show when I was a kid. I never saw the whole thing through, so I'm starting it. I love it so much. It's really, really great. It's a, it's a different era of DC Comics, of course. Obviously, it's nothing like it is today. Um, for example, a lot of the episodes, well, the, occasionally we get episodes where each episode they're actually like, they're part of a uh, a multi-part series where, where there's events going off the course of several episodes. But a lot of the times, it's, they're just, uh, each episode is its own event on a different day. So a lot of times unrelated. And that's what it was. I think I saw already the first six episodes of the show. And that's how it's been so far. I love this show. It looks great. It looks iconic. Uh, the late uh, Kevin Conroy, his voice is amazing in the in this show. And I actually heard this recently, but... Kevin Conroy, when he got the part as Bruce Wayne, uh, Batman, he knew nothing about Batman at all. He was given, uh, I think he was given either half an hour or an hour to just look over these Batman comics to really get this character down before he started recording. And my goodness, he is now iconic. He is an iconic voice. Like most people will recognize him as the Batman, the voice of Batman. And, you know, he's amazing. He died uh, a while back, which is unfortunate, but he will still be remembered for his amazing voice. Um, So his voice acting is great. The characters are great. the animation style is very, very nice. Actually, fun fact, the the background plates for all these uh, shots were actually drawn on black paper, which gave it this uh, like gritty, gothic, noir feel to it, which is such a great decision on the uh, production team back in the day. It was so awesome to just see that come to life. Uh, 
even though they're just background stills, it are still really, really nice to look at. Uh, and I'm just wondering if any if copies of these uh, background plates are available to purchase as uh, like uh, as like frame paintings I could just hang on a wall because they look that nice. Just like how uh, how Disney Sleeping Beauty, the original uh, Sleeping Beauty animated show, not show, but animated movie. The background plates are also these gothic paintings that they put animation plates over, which is also amazing. And you can actually purchase the uh, those background plates to have as a as a painting to hang on your wall. So that's where I'm assuming. I'm that's where I'm hoping. Why that's my reason for why I I hope that there's there's a possibility to do that. Um, it's a great show. The other thing that actually keeps me from continuing to watch the show, a lot of these episodes, they're really, really great. They're wonderfully written. But on top of that, the greatest thing for personally for me is the orchestra that's that's playing music, background music throughout the entire episode that keeps me there, keeps me just anchored to the show to keep watching it over, not over and over again, but continue to watch the show. and. You know, I'm just happy that I made that decision to change it. And also another update to another show that I'm also watching is that I mentioned his name before in the past in the back when this podcast used to be Gorilla in a Tank with a Gun podcast. I mentioned his name before and his name is Fourth of His Clan. We have our own another uh podcast that the both of us do together which is the name of it is the scattered converse i highly recommend to go watch uh go watch i mean go follow that podcast show there is way more episodes than what i have so far and uh yeah so the reason why i'm bringing that up as well is the fact that we do something him and i do something uh occasionally what we call three three for three where we both recommend each other or we give each other an anime to watch that neither of us have ever watched before. And the idea is for us to give like a quick review or our impressions, our thoughts on the show, but only we're able, we're only allowed to watch and base our reviews off the first three episodes in the sense of that it's like a first impression to us. I gave him the anime Gintama and Gintama, I I did see the first episode, uh, but it was many, many years ago, and I barely remember it. I've seen clips of Gintama here and there. I was recommended to it back when I was in high school. A really, really funny show, as I can remember it, but still, it has its really good action moments as well. And I know for a fact, after seeing some of these clips online, there's really, really nice... Uh, really nice uh not or not nice but really funny homages and uh references to popular culture irl popular culture which is pretty nice uh and fourth of his clan he recommend recommended me to watch uh what's the name of it bungo stray dogs and i'm watching them so i've only watched the first two episodes and I've yet to watch the third episode. I'll probably finish watching the third episode uh, today, but uh, sometime after this recording, or after the recording of this first segment. And I'm, 
So Bungo Stray Dogs, it's a little, it's a little strange. Well, strange is kind of putting it in a, in a really a, a harsh way. Uh, so far, it's a good show. The opening is pretty good. It's catchy. Uh, I'm not so sure about the ending. I mean, there's some cool. I mean, there's some good parts about the ending theme as well. But the show itself, I'll put it this way: if it's your taste and you want to continue to watch it, cool. If it's not your taste and you're not going to continue to watch it, that's fine as well. Uh, I noticed that the the way this show is written, it's not poorly written, but it's written in a way where serious and silly tones will just flip flop from each other off each other in like the same scene. And that could be a little abruptive to some people and it's for other folks who, uh, who really are into anime, uh, that's kind of a usual or a semi-usual thing or uh, trope that a lot of animes take use to lighten the mood or to uh, just uh, put a break on the serious tone for just a moment. Um, for me personally, I I will continue watching the show, but I would put in the caveat that I'm not planning to watch it immediately, especially since I mentioned the previous uh, audio log that I'm watching. Um, like four different animes in uh, in a week and once i'm done with one of those animes i'm gonna randomly select the next anime i want to go watch and i have a huge watch list to, uh, to watch so a bungo stray dogs will be added to that watch list so i highly doubt i'll i'll randomly select that one because i'm in no rush rush to watch it um it doesn't it's not it is interesting. Uh, personally, it is interesting to me. There is an interesting style behind it, but it's not really catching my eye too much or like keeping me staying, staying, uh, watching, continuing to watch it and binge it or keep me anchored to the show, to the anime, you know, keeping me anchored to it to continue being more invested into it. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop watching, that's for sure. But like I said, I'm gonna just, um, I'm just gonna put it on the watch list and you know, just uh, when it finally uh, shows up, I'll start watching it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, you know what? One show I will never ever watch is the new Velma series, which is. I've heard of the Velma series for a while. I mean, it, it's it, it's been everywhere for a very long time, but I just find this so funny and pathetic how this show became or how it came to be such. I mean, people are pretty unanimous when it comes to the, their voicing, their opinions. It's just so unnecessary, the pandering and the checking the checkmark boxes on diversity. Uh, it's just so stupid from what I'm hearing. So Velma is dark skin and maybe she's Indian. Most likely that's the case. Shaggy isn't even Shaggy at all. He's Shaggy is black and uh, Velma is Chinese or at the very least Asian. And Fred is the only one who stays white. But from what I'm hearing, I don't know if this is true. I'm not going to bother to look it up. Fred is the, like the token stupid white man. Uh, 
But what I do know about this show is that, first of all, Scooby-Doo is not in the show at all. Even though, even though the rest of the Scooby gang is there, the reason behind that decision was because this is the dumbest thing I have heard. But the production team decided to leave out Scooby-Doo because they believe that Scooby-Doo is uh, tied into more of like kid-friendly stuff. And, you know, if you have Scooby-Doo on the show, or you're bringing down the mature tone of the show or quote-unquote mature tone. Do you, have they ever watched any Scooby-Doo movies like Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island? Like, one a movie that's one of the... It's regarded as one of the best Scooby-Doo uh, movies. Having... It has, like, real... It has blood. It has gore in it. I mean... And it is actually legitly scary. I remember watching it. I remember I got scared watching that show. Well, not the show. Watching the movie when I was such a when I was a little kid. Um, I just don't understand. Or well, I while I don't know the answer, I will say this. I think I know what is happening. So the creator of this show, who who is Mindy Calling, Mindy Calling. For those who don't know, she was a. Uh, I forgot her name, but she was the Indian chick from uh, The Office. She also voiced Disgust in uh, Inside Out. So, from here's my assumption: she got, she was given the rights to make a Scooby-Doo show, or she was, she was given the green light to give to make a Scooby-Doo show. And for whatever reason, I'm assuming that when she was younger and she watched Scooby-Doo, she saw herself in Velma. It's not. Which, nothing wrong. I mean, as little kids, I'm pretty sure we all done this before. When we watch our favorite show when we were a little kid or our favorite movie, we always projected ourselves onto a specific character because whether we relate with them the most or we like them the most, uh, the normal thing to do. Anyways, here's what I'm assuming. She projected herself onto uh, Velma or saw herself as Velma. So when she got rights to the to the proper to the intellectual property, she made all these dumb unnecessary changes, making Velma Indian or light skinned shaggy black for no apparent reason, and making all these other stupid things, and the only and butchering the entire series. But the only thing that's kept are the names. Honestly, I don't even understand why they do this. Uh, actually, I kind of know. Some people even admit this. Some of those folks even admitted that they're just, they're, they don't want to bother making an original series, which I think that should have been what what, what it should have been to begin with. Mindy Collins should just make her own original series since, it is, since what is out is so devoid and dis, disconnected to its source material. Should have just made her own series where the lead of a mystery solving gang the lead is indian whatever and there's actual death or actual murder there's actual blood and uh, and dead bodies as there seem to be in the show which i find it a little weird even though i mentioned zombie island zombie island still was was still like a cartoonish like blood and gore and little 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 bit of it and yeah there were dead people for sure there were zombies but at the same time it wasn't it wasn't over the top like like how it looked like from on the Velma in the Velma uh, Velma show whatever I, I never watched it I saw 
I saw an ad on on it online, and they played that part. I'm like, why? It's just so it is it is so weird. I don't understand why it's like that. But like I was saying, folks like the like them, they some of them have even admitted that they're willing to butcher and disconnect the source material as far away as possible out of spite, so they can just get people angry and for whatever reason they get validations with clicks and retweets and people with blue check marks talking about it and you know all this at the end of the day all this worthless junk that they're that they're searching for i don't know why they're doing it and i believe i talked a bit too much about bellwether um Actually, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break. And uh, and when we come back, I'll figure out something else to talk about besides this show. Because I already said everything I wanted to say about this show. Point of, point of my statement about Velma, it should have been its own original series detached from Scooby-Doo. Um, you know, would I watch it? No, I'll still not watch it, but it should have just been its own thing. Sit tight, and I'll be right back. Welcome back from the ad. Uh, so, like I said before uh, the ad started, I said I'll talk about something else, but honestly, I couldn't find anything else to really talk about. I mean, uh, there's a couple things in my uh, in my podcast notes that I could go through really, really quickly. Hopefully, maybe I can just get some uh, get more uh, more of my thoughts poured into this, but. I think I could find something in my notes that I could talk about. But I will say, I will mention this. Uh, earlier, I said that me and Fourth of His Clan were doing uh, 343, and I suggested him Gintama, and he suggested to me Bungo Stray Dog. So, what I forgot about this, uh, this challenge we give to each other to basically review the first three episodes is that we're supposed to watch the episode we're supposed to watch the three episodes as well uh that that the other person gives us but the one we also give to them so i was supposed to watch gintama as well and luckily i did watch three episodes of gintama after finishing the third episode of bungo stray dogs um, so I'm just going to say really uh, quickly about Bungo Stray Dogs Episode 3. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, there's a there's a nice uh, action scene in it. Uh, we're introduced to a couple new characters. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, it looks like we're also introduced to the one, the main antagonist of the show named Akagawa. Uh, I wrote his name down on my notes for the review and... Honestly, there's not much I can say about Akutagawa besides what I saw, which was very little. He was barely in the episode. I think he was like in the last, uh, he was like in the third part of the episode or the last like third of the episode. So there's not much for me to talk about when it comes to Akutagawa. Uh, other than that, my opinions and my conclusion about that show, 
like I said, if you like, if it's your taste, you want to continue watching, that's pretty, that's cool. If it's not your taste, you don't want to continue watching it, that's all right too. So I watched the three episodes of Gintama, and I forgot how funny this show was. Uh, the fourth of his clan watched the show in subbed while I watched it in dubbed. So here's the thing. The dubbed version of Gintama, at least the first 50 or 60 episodes were actually done by Sentai Filmwork. And Sentai Filmwork, they're kind of notorious alongside 4Kids Entertainment where they're known to um, change things within the animes they give dubbing license, they have dubbing license to. Uh, you know, they j just change the context of things, uh, change appearance of certain characters or certain episodes to appeal to a different kind of audience, even though that wasn't the intended audience. Notoriously, one of the early ones with uh, Four Kids Entertainment is with uh, early seasons of Pokemon, where they just forego referring to any sort of Japanese culture. Um, they replace entire rice balls with sandwiches. And funny enough, uh, you can still find this online if you look up YouTube. There's there is a funny uh, scene where Brock is holding up a, a rice ball, or I. Um, I think it's an onigiri actually, which is basically it's a rice ball. And he's holding up this rice ball and he simply exclaims, I love donuts. Jelly donuts are my favorite. Those are not donuts, sir. What's going on? But obviously I know what's going on. So it happens here a little bit in uh, the dubbing of Gintama. Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, so the voice acting is okay. Um, maybe even subpar, but it, yeah, it could be worse. At least it's not terrible. It's not super duper terrible. Uh, it just seemed like Sentai Filmwork just treated this show as something, another thing for kids that um, don't really care about quality, that sort of thing. Kind of like when uh, early video games were were being dubbed over to American to the Americans. Uh, a really good example would be Resident Evil, where the original dubbing was horrendous. Like they didn't care uh, that the voice acting was bad. It's just something one of those things where it was perceived. Oh, this is for kids. This is for little boys. Who cares if we didn't put uh, our hard work into it? Let's get some recordings out, and that's it just get it out to market so i'm not saying it's exactly one-to-one -one the same like that but gintama does have certain it just feels like that some occasion the main character gintoki doesn't really sound like that but then you have the one of the secondary characters i forgot her name right now uh there's like three so it's Gintoki and there's two other characters that are alongside him. The whole point is that Gintoki has this uh, this company called Odd Jobs Gin, where they basically do anything and everything, and get and they get the job done. So it's him and two other people. It was a guy and a girl. The girl, the voice for that girl is really really annoying. I mean, I'm just glad they changed it when the licensing went to a different company i think it went with crunchyroll if i remember correctly it went with crunchyroll so they did the the uh dubbing they have the dubbing license 
and I'm just glad that the voice has changed. I'm able to tolerate it because she's not on screen for those three episodes too long. And enough of the negative. Let, let me just talk about the positive. It's really funny. It's a really funny show. Um, they're self-aware. They purposely be meta about certain things. They uh, break the fourth wall. Like, for example, third episode, uh, there's Kentucky is... Uh, saving his uh, friend or the guy's sister who was willing to sell herself uh to her landlord to save their to save their dojo but then the guy his name is the guy's name is shimpachi and gintoki they both decided to rescue her but except she's up in this like airship, so they rescue her from this airship, and Gintoki ordered orders uh, Shimpachi and and his sister to run away, so and he can just take care of the guards or the bodyguards. But except like a few seconds later, he's just running with them. He's like, "Hey, you're supposed to take care of them." And Gintoki explained, "No way. Do you know how how much work and effort goes into just a minute of anime fights?" And like that is actually pretty funny. Uh, there's other. There is other things, and I'm going to reference back to what I said about how Sentai film work changes certain things. For example, uh, the group has a client who needs to learn to fight. And they're training him. And at one point, the girl that I mentioned earlier, the one with the annoying voice, she was mentioning how he needs to keep a bold face and people won't, and people basically will see through him. Like they can't see what he, they can't see what I, I don't. I'm not really sure how the whole thing uh, folded unfolded out. But it was like something like keep us, you know, keep a bold face and people will see right through. You, or people can't see you and you'll be just like. And she said John Cena, which makes sense. But, uh, what she's talking about, but in the original version, she says another name. I don't know who it is and I can't recall the name of it. But turns out, both of his clients know who who's that guy. It's actually another wrestler. So that's pretty interesting how they dub that over or they just change that over. There's another scene where this military police group are about to raid this house. But it turns out the house is its own sovereign soil. And so they can't actually go into the house. And one of the guys in the, in the uh, military police group... He pulls out like this laser rocket launcher thing and and the captain stops him. He's like, what do you think you're doing? And the guy says, well, if we if I blow it up, then we could get hit, right? And some other guy, he just shouts out, what the heck? Who the heck do you think you are, Michael Bay? And obviously in the original version, he doesn't say that. He says a, a different name. I don't know who that is. And so they changed things a lot in this show. Like there was one part where in the original version, Gintoki, he said something along the lines where, where he says, well, I'm not willing to commit seppuku, but here's something I can offer. And for those who don't know, seppuku is a, um, is a form of a self-execution, uh, an honorable form of self-execution where they just drive their sword into their torso and just cut open themselves to kill themselves. Um, however, I, I don't know why they did this, but they changed that line 
my assumption is, and like I said earlier, they probably try to gear this towards little kids. So they try to shy away from like talks of suicide and stuff like that, or just killing, which is kind of odd uh, because it's not even meant for little kids. So they try to talk about, so instead of him saying, I don't know how to do so, I'm not willing to do so, seppuku, seppuku, uh, instead he said, he says, uh, I don't know how to do Sudoku, but here's what I can offer, which I find that to be really funny, but I was really disappointed that the, that that was not the original line. Like, I think it was an improvement. It's one of those times where the dub did an improvement on from the sub. And Gintama, just from the first three episodes, I will highly recommend to watch. It's a very, very funny show. There's also plenty of action scenes. Really different from other animes. Um, they break the fourth wall and they make all these funny uh, retorts uh, back and forth just within the first three episodes. So I really, uh, I really, really much recommend it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So I'm going to move on and talk about the next thing that's on my notes, which is uh, it's an article, which I'm not going to want. I'm not going to read it anymore. It's been a very, very long time since this article has been out. It's simply talking about the California fires that were happening last year. Um, okay, like there's not much to say about that. There's always fire season in California and in other states like Montana. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised. Obviously, uh, we should be safe about it. We should keep our distance from wildfires and be safe around fires and know how to properly utilize a fire or put out a fire. But at the same time, I don't, I believe the reason why I saved this onto my notes was simply to just talk about how the article talked a lot about the fires back, I, I think it was like three or four years ago where the, no, way more than that. It was many, many years ago where the city of paradise was burned down to the ground and people kind of accused it of global warming and, uh, people getting in the way of nature and all this the climate change or whatever but the reality is is that it's just poor management uh outdated uh, material that caused the fire because it's actually been proven that the fire in paradise which caused this humongous fire that went across basically all of california or all of california were just affected by it um was caused by a faulty electrical equipment by the by the Pacific Gas and Electric Company that they never bothered to shut off, remove, or replace. And the faulty electrical equipment was actually installed there like back in the 1800s, which is like ridiculous. And it looks like no one bothered to go check it out or whether or not they kept track of it at all so that's that's my two cent on that uh, another thing i want to throw my two cent at would be the i just simply titled it migrants at dc so this happened a long time ago again all these all these articles i'm going to read in the last this last part of the segment are from a long time ago i never bothered to go around get around to these things but here i am now so migrants at dc so 
a lot of people in southern states are being really, really fed up about how immigration policies are really lacking. And it seems like politicians don't even care, which seems to be, which, you know what, as a quick aside, that's, that's the catchphrase. That's the slogan of politicians today. They do not care. They do not care at all. But they only act like they that they care to gain something from us. Okay. So, anyways, going back, so the whole point of this is that southern states were being really, really fed up, especially Texas, that all these illegal immigrants are coming over the border, and now they're forced to keep them, to keep them and house them in their own states, and which causes a huge constraint in resources and job availability and all this other stuff. It's a domino effect. And finally, the the governor of Texas got so fed up, he came up with such a clever idea that, that I didn't even think about it. He, with their consent, he sent a bunch of these uh, uh, migrants out to... Uh, Washington DC where those to the people who are forcing him to to house them so he's sending them out there and showing them hey this is what what's going on here have a taste of our own medicine because we're telling you what's going on but it seems like you don't care you got the message but, it, but the way you're responding is like you don't care that's my two cent on that one next one is Simply titled Mask Off, or I personally titled it Mask Off, uh, simply that a judge strikes down CDC mask mandate for travel, which is awesome. So people don't understand what that actually mean from a lot. I think that was a Georgian uh, judge, if I remember it correctly. Essentially, the judge said that it's unlawful for the CDC to force people to wear masks on travel. Uh, I could go on on a huge spiel about masks. I'm actually forced to wear a mask when I'm at work. I work at a takeout restaurant for like the last few months. Uh, and I don't like it. I don't like the mask at all, especially now that we're running low on masks and we're forced to get one of those like uh, generic blue and white masks that have been shown to seep microplastics into your lungs. Yes. No one seems to be seem to care about it. They're like, oh, it's for the safety, for the safety, to save lives. Okay, obviously you don't care about the safety. You just care about the headlines to look safe. Because here we are, employees, we're breathing in. We're breathing in our own breath. And most people, how they use masks, they're just using the same mask several times or for hours on end or even the same mask days on end. And they're, which is like far worse. They're going to get themselves sick far worse than catching COVID. Not only are we breathing in uh, these microplastics, they expect, they say, oh, it's about safety. Yet they, yet they expose us to harsh chemicals when it comes to washing the dishes, cleaning any hard surfaces at the restaurant. And on top of that, when it comes to closing, we have to, we have to pour bleach or we have to dilute bleach and pour that onto the floor to mop it up. And now we have to smell all those fumes, which studies have shown that that exposure, exposure to those harmful chemicals are way more harmful to our health than smoking an entire pack of cigarette a day, which is ridiculous. But 
that was a whole spiel. I, I derailed myself a little bit. Um, I just want to simply say that's pretty cool that they strike that down. I haven't traveled anywhere since 2019, since me, Fourth of His Clan, and another friend of ours that if you've been here since the previous uh, podcast show, his name is Fourth of His Clan. Uh, yeah. I haven't traveled anywhere, not Fourth of His Clan, um, Hood Sasuke AC. So it was me, Hood Sasuke AC, and Fourth of His Clan. I haven't traveled anywhere since the three of us traveled to New York City for a week back in 2019, which is an amazing, amazing experience. And I will talk about that in a future audio log. And so, like I said, I haven't traveled since then. And I refuse to travel. I mean, have you seen how unfair and completely douchey a lot of these airlines are? Like how they... They force, they force babies and little kids to wear masks, but these kids will constantly take it off. They'll constantly take it off or the babies, they'll just like wave it off because it's, it's natural for them to just get rid of something that isn't natural on them. And they'll just kick out the whole family and, and don't give them a refund. Like what is wrong with you people? And honestly, I'm glad that happened. It's better yet. It's, I'm glad that happened because now we know who are the true the true characters of these uh, companies. To the point where I actually made my own blacklist of companies and even um, famous people that I will just completely disregard or ignore because of what they because of what they have done and what and they don't bother to go back on what they've done or what they said, like so. So I'm glad that the uh, the the mandate for the mask has been lifted, but people have to understand that this doesn't mean that you could just wear no mask when you get on an airline. It just simply means that the that the authority for that now lands on the each airline company, so they can still make you wear a mask, but the CDC cannot make you wear a mask. That's all I simply have to say. So that's all for today's uh, audio log. Uh, next audio log, I'm actually going to talk about something very, very, very special, which is my trip, my vacation back in, oh, it's been so many years. I, it was 2019 as well, I believe. My vacation to Salt Lake City in the state of Utah. Uh, I was only there for a couple days. Very, very beautiful place, by the way. I just want to say that real quick. And I'm just going to go by, I'm just going to talk about my time there and really go down my entire uh, photo album of what I've, what I've taken during that time and just try to remember what what I want to talk about, about that. So can't wait for y'all to listen to that when it's finally out. But for the meantime, here's this episode and here are the previous episodes as well. Um, no question for today. Can't really think of anyone anything to ask about. So if you hear that in the background, that is my cat Mochi. She wants to get out of my room, so that's my cue to leave. So until next time, I'll see y'all later.